0: All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you, and the NFL's on fire. I mean, it is is—it is completely ridiculous what is happening in the NFL right now, so to go through at least some of it, we'll try to get as much as we can, is an NFL writer for CBS Sports, Jordan Dejani. Jordan, welcome.
1: Hey, Vince. Thanks so much for having me on tonight.
0: Well, yeah, so let's start in Denver, right, because Denver – They don't have a quarterback, Jordan. How how is it possible? Like, how did it get to a situation here where Denver is going to play an actual game on an NFL Sunday and there's nobody to really play quarterback?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to dissect here. First of all, over the past couple hours, I've been stewing, kind of looking over conspiracy theories on the internet to find out (laughs) if what the NFL is doing is just towards the Denver Broncos. And I've come to the conclusion that it is. Now, this situation is different from let's say the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers situation, because this is not an outbreak that's taking place within a team. This was an isolated event where Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID. We've seen several other instances through this year where certain players have tested positive and they go on the COVID list. And then, of course, you go through the contact tracing protocol. Now, while the league and the Denver Broncos completed that contact tracing protocol, they noticed that a lot of close contacts were the quarterbacks. And to make matters worse, they weren't wearing masks. So they have to go on that COVID reserve list. Now, this is just unfortunate. This wasn't an outbreak. This was an isolated event that just happened to take place in the quarterback room of the Denver Broncos. So, yes, they're, they're not getting their game moved. We'd be absolutely shocked if it end up getting moved. The only, the only way that could happen is if we register more positive tests on Sunday morning. So that would be something to keep an eye on. But all signs point to this game being played, and we're going to have a receiver at quarterback. It's going to be extremely interesting to see what this offensive attack looks like on the fly. But I'm leaning towards the New Orleans Saints winning this game.
0: Yeah, I would think that's pretty fair. Just out of curiosity, do you know what the spread is for that game? Is that announced? Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, I was looking at it because I actually did a betting guide for CBS Sports that included the Broncos-Saints game. The the spread was originally around six points. It ballooned all the way to 14.5 points. So are you taking that?
0: Yeah, 14 and a half sounds good to me. I'll gladly take that. Because wait, yeah, the, the guy that's playing quarterback, match, right? he's, he's a wide receiver that was a, a quarterback at Wake Forest, right?
1: Yes, he's actually from Durham, North Carolina, which is originally around where I'm from, uh, in near Dor- Durham, North Carolina, the Triangle area. So he played a little bit of quarterback at Wake Forest, transitioned to wide receiver. He was undrafted, and he found himself with the Denver Broncos, and now all of a sudden... He's going to be the starting quarterback for an NFL team moving into Sunday in week 12.
0: It's crazy. Now, here's the one question that I have about all of this, because I can get why they're choosing to play the game, but we've seen a lot of games moved. Is there any reason they don't move this game to, like, Tuesday as well?
1: Yes, and, and the reason is, in my mind, is because they were able to successfully complete the contract, uh, or sorry, the contact tracing. They, they figured out that this was an isolated event, this wasn't. Uh, the beginning of a major outbreak or anything like that. And that's because all of the COVID tests that they had come back Saturday morning were clean. And that's why they were able to practice today or earlier today. Um, but the quarterbacks were pulled out because they were identified as close contacts. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that they have contracted COVID-19, but because they are close contacts, they have to quarantine for, uh, I think it's five days or something like that. And okay. They're not going to be able to play on Sunday. So that's the main reason that this game is not being moved. And everyone needs to understand that is because the league and the, and the team feel like they have completed the contact tracing protocol.
0: So we're talking with Jordan He's an NFL writer with cbs sports and and you mentioned that the Denver situation is not like what's going on with the Ravens and the Steelers, so what is going on with the Ravens and the Steelers?
1: yeah, basically we're seeing more and more positive tests pop up every single day uh, that started on Sunday night to monday and I think there were some that popped up today. We know that there were some that popped up earlier today because of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they both are kind of trying to stop what are minor you know, outbreaks within their own franchises, within their own clubs, their own facilities. So that's very different from having one or two people test positive and being able to put them in quarantine. They're dealing with something that's a ma- that's a major issue, and that's why the NFL – had to reschedule this game, not once, but twice. And trust me, the NFL does not like rescheduling these events, especially when it comes in a prime time slot. The perfect nightcap dessert that we were supposed to digest on Thanksgiving evening, that's not what the NFL had in mind. But they had to because they're worried about the potential statuses of everybody taking the field during that matchup
0: yeah and and that's totally reasonable for them to do that now, for the Steelers they've clearly been through the ringer. I mean all these different move games, and there's a possibility they get the one seed and no buy because they go to eighteen like there's just there's so much nonsense going into all of that, and I guess that's a good time to transition to Detroit where it seems to have been nothing but nonsense. How do you feel about Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn getting fired in Detroit
1: yeah I don't think there's anybody who's uh getting on Twitter and defending Matt Patricia and this move and saying that he should not have been fired this Probably is a move that is a little overdue. I think he was there for two and a half seasons, thirteen twenty-nine and one record, I believe. It's like a thirty-one percent win percentage. And if you remember, Jim Caldwell, who Patricia replaced, went thirty-six and twenty-eight. That's over I think a fifty-six percent over his tenure in Detroit. So I think this move was a little overdue. Now, I, I did have faith with Patricia coming into Detroit. I thought that he was going to be someone who could transform this franchise. But maybe I was, I was buying too much into the Belichick noise and that he has everyone who touches him and is an assistant under Belichick is, is, deep, is, is supposed to become this NFL genius. I thought that he was going to be a really good defensive coach. We haven't obviously seen that happen so far. So I'm not sure what's up with him next. I don't know where he's going to land on his feet, but the Lions have an interesting decision to make when it comes to retooling their front office and their head coach next.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got so many adjustments to make, and obviously the center of that is Matthew Stafford, and how many years does he have left, and how do you build around him? I mean, what do you make of Matthew Stafford at this point in his career?
1: It's so tough, because I was watching him on Thursday, and it's very clear that he's not the problem. He's not the problem with the Detroit Lions. It's kind of everything around him. He's a good quarterback, and you'd love to see what he could do on a team where he has... a a consistent offensive line that's not dealing with injuries, consistent wide receiving core. I would love to see what Matthew Stafford could do with a change of scenery, but it's it's an interesting question because – Whenever you're talking about a prospective rebuild, especially when it comes to retooling the entire front office, obviously the quarterback situation is going to come up. And Matthew Stafford is not some young gun anymore. So the the Lions definitely have some decisions to make, whether they want to enter full rebuild mode and look for their new franchise quarterback of the future or try to ride it out with Stafford and get some weapons around him, really help this defensive unit that's been struggling over the past few years. I don't know if there's a right answer, to be honest with you. That's why I'm not very jealous. I'm not putting that situation.
0: Yeah, I can't blame you for that. Now we're talking with Jordan Dejani, NFL writer with CBS Sports. What What do you make of the 49ers situation? Because with all of these moves, the thing that is almost buried by all of this, but it's so outlandish that you can't ignore it, the 49ers don't have a home stadium right now, Jordan. What's the situation with them?
1: I have no idea, but I don't <laughs> what they're going to do. We've seen situations in the past, now they, they, you can't compare them to Um, You can't compare those smaller moves not to the same scale this one is, but we've seen governments make uh, exceptions for teams on certain levels, but they were very small. Now, when it comes to not allowing teams to practice or play within a certain county or state or whatever it is, I'm not very good with league leads, but they're obviously going to have to find a different place to play when it comes to the 49ers that's not in their – you know, obviously their, their jurisdiction. So I'm not sure what that's going to look like. That obviously causes some strain when it comes to just the chemistry with the team, man, they've been dealing with so many injuries up to this point in the year. It's obviously not going to help, but it is going to be interesting to see kind of if the 49ers can get around something like this, or if indeed they need to move their, all their team facilities and everything to a different part of the state, or just an entirely different state altogether.
0: Now, Jordan, let me ask you this, right? Because when you pile all this stuff up, you see what's happened in Denver, you see the Ravens and the Steelers, you see the 49ers and what that situation is. People are starting to talk about pausing the season. Do you think that's possible, whether it's this week, next week, uh, the, ne- the next eight weeks or whatever it is of the season? Do you, do you think we see a pause at all? Well,
1: I'll say this. I think anything is possible in these strange times. And I, I hate to say it, but I do think there's a possibility that things get worse as it relates to covid but i don't I don't foresee a pausing of the season taking place. I think the n f l has shown by all means that they're willing to work through it and work around it. so I know the league doesn't want to add a week eighteen per se or or quarantine and have a bubble playoff or something like that, but Everything we've seen up to this point is the NFL trying to work through and around situations, and I think they've done a fairly good job with it. You really can't blame the league and their protocols for the recent spike in COVID cases we've seen because the USA in general has been witnessing a a serious spike, so that's obviously going to affect the National Football League. It's hard for me to see a pause in the season coming, but again, we are probably going to see some uh, revolutionary adjustments that we haven't seen before.
0: All right, well, there it is from Denver Broncos future starting quarterback, Jordan Dejani. He's currently the NFL writer with CBS Sports. Jordan, thanks so much, man.
1: Anytime. Pick me up on your fantasy football lineup. It's not too late.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. I'm looking for you right now, man. You take it easy.
1: Hey, thank you, guys.